Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Eddie and Matt Outkick Their Coverage. This episode we're going to go into our, we're going to share, sorry, our top five defensive players, my five and Eddie's five. Uh, for me it's maybe going to be more players I've enjoyed watching rather than uh, trolling through the stats. Guys that have passed the eyeball test, but probably I'll probably throw a few stats in as well. Eddie, have you decided on yours? Well, I had a bit of a a bit of an epiphany as I was deciding which five players because we did initially decide that we were going to do retired players, and then I realised I've not actually been watching the sport long enough <laughs> to have witnessed people playing. But basically, what I did, I picked out five players, current and a couple are retired, who I enjoyed watching. I haven't just gone off stats and what they've done in their careers um, on the field. I've gone off what whether that I liked them as as characters as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a mixture I've gone with well play, people that play well on the pitch but also they had charisma and entertainment yeah. uh, right I'm going to go first um, I mean we were going to go top 10 each but like Eddie said he could only think you know he was struggling to think of uh, <laughs> five retired players alone 10 and if we had done 10 each this podcast would have lasted about two hours um, guys that would have been in my top 10 um, Michael Strahan uh, Warren Sapp Ty Law Champ Bailey and Ed Reed. Uh, they all missed out my my top five. My top five defensive players uh, in no particular order are starting at number five. Well, just one of them is uh, Troy Polamalu, former Pittsburgh Steelers strong safety. He was quiet, unassuming, humble, and selfless. But the first words that sprung to mind when I thought about him, and when I first saw him, and when I first saw him interview, I was like, "This isn't the same fellow I've been watching, sort of like tackling people and, and hard hitting and being physical." He, he, he seemed to know where the ball was going before the quarterback had decided we were going to pass it to. Uh, he was an intelligent blitzer, good run blocker. Uh, felt like a, a game never went by without him making an important play, like a sack, a forced fumble, interception, fumble recovery, um, or a really like important key drive-stopping tackle. Um, he stopped some really important third and fourth down QB sneaks by timing just, just right and leaping over the offensive line. As a ball was being snapped and wrapping in the QB up. Uh, played all 11 seasons of his pro career with the Steelers. And in that career he won two Super Bowls. Went to the Pro Bowl eight times. Four times first team All-Pro. 2010 Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, NFL 2000's All-Decade Team. Uh, it, was picked for, uh, it was also picked for the Steelers' all-time team. When you think about some of the players they had back in the sort of like 70s and 80s. Particularly in the 70s with the Steel Curtain. You've got to think... Man, he's beaten some players out to get into that team. Um, and he finished up rank, uh, with, with 770 tackles, 12 sacks, 32 picks, 14 forced fumbles, 3 TD, uh, TD returns from either interceptions or from fumble recoveries. Uh, he was a player I look forward to watching play. On top of that, he was a very proficient crowd surfer. Because he did <laughs> both times after the Super Bowl, he did a bit of crowd surfing uh, in, on, on the victory parade. Uh, that's my, my first Ed. Uh, yeah, I've I've uh, always enjoyed watching Troy Palmer as well. I think his hair was the greatest thing yeah. to see. Just hanging out with his helmet. He won't kill you. But yeah, he, worked, <laughs> he was always winning football. I did enjoy listening to Mike Tomlin say how Palmer thought he was a great broken field runner and he basically would have cut that guy. <laughs> just cut back out time every time he got ball in of a actually break, like breaking away from anyone. No, he was a hard-hitting guy. He read the game well. And you knew when you were on the field that the Steelers always had a chance to stop you or to turn the ball over. I, Tremendous player. Not in the Pro Bowl yet? Not in the Pro Bowl, not in the Hall of Fame yet, I don't think. I don't think he's been retired five years, has he? When did he retire? I think he did... Um, I think it's this year. When was his first year this year? Yeah, so I mean, him and Ed Reader at the same time, so two of the best safeties ever. Were you saying about um, the Steelers of the 70s? 
and Steel Curtain, they had Mel Blunt who they made a rule about, they've got a tremendous, like Jack Ham and Jack Lambert, um, who were both linebackers, both amazing. That Sealers team were unbelievable and for him to break into it, it's just tremendous. But I do think, I do have to say that they didn't really have a safety at that mm. point, who were amazing. I'm trying to remember the guy's name, um, who was the safety for him, but he, uh, he said himself he basically just worked hard and worked with the coach and that's how he got to where he was, but Palomalu were an actual special player. Yeah, absolutely. That's why he made my list. Yeah, well, your list, you read off half of the players I were, I've got mine, <laughs> but um, as I said, I um, I didn't really have many players I'd witnessed, I've not been an, an NFL fan anywhere near as long as you. Um, just a little side note, sure, Matt's actually the one who got me into the NFL, and it's only in the last few years that I've got intensely into it, but um, the first player I'm going to talk about on my list is Warren Sapp, a human cannonball, he used to play for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he has played at a couple of other places, but his best his best part of his career was in Tampa Bay. Um, I've, I've seen interviews with him, I've seen him doing an, analysing of things. He's quite an honest, straightforward guy, but he's a really funny person. Um, I, I really enjoy that with place people who can, you know, have a little bit of fun. I love the fact that he used to just talk smack to everyone and yeah. wind them up. And I, I, I remember him telling people about when he were playing against Brett Favre and how he wound Brett Favre up that much because he broke his nose by accident. He was going to pat down the ball and as he brought his hand down, he got him on the bridge of the nose <laughs> and broke his nose. Um, but yeah, you know, he's got a tremendous amount of sacks. He played in, you know, umpteen pro bowls. I, I didn't get all the stats down for him because there's just too much to talk about. I mean, he's, on the field, he was just a beast. You knew he wasn't going to get blocked all game. Yeah. You're always going to get through. You're always going to have a chance to, you know, get a, a tackle for loss or a sack, but always doing his job. Um, he was a Hall of Famer as well, you know, he, he just, he was going to be, he, he came into the league just as like a little bit underrated and a little bit, there was a little bit of worry about him due to a drug issue that, that, that had been falsely put on him and um, he ended up at Tampa Bay and if you watch the interview when he's he's going there he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I just yeah. want to play ball it, it looks and like you could, yeah, <laughs> you could tell he didn't want to be there and he even, he even admitted he didn't want to be there. But whilst there, obviously, they created a Tampa 2 defence, which were absolutely unbelievable. In college, he played for Miami, the Miami Hurricanes, and he actually beat out The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, while there. That was a little nugget for you as well. <laughs> yeah. He had great balance and power when he played as well. You could see he could knock people back, and he just he never seemed to really like get wobbled. He was incredibly aggressive. I remember there was a time where they were arguing with the coach, and I actually genuinely believed they were going to hit this coach <laughs> and he just doesn't look like the type of person you want to fight but yeah great personality got it done on the field really aggressive but also fun and it's just you know it, was just a, it just seemed a likeable guy yeah um, I've been watching the uh, America's game for their, uh, for their Super Bowl so funny I mean some of the stuff he says about Gruden but all that money for this itty bitty man <laughs> He's like, I'm one of the 50 best looking human beings in the world. He's like, oh, that's okay then. <laughs> so funny, man. Yeah, I, I had a few laughs at that. I, um, I really did. And when you were saying how Gruden, he used to, uh, used to act like he was playing on, on the, in the practice room. I'm going to have slants flying past your ears all game. He's like, you're not even playing. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, he was a good guy. Just to watch him, such a, I mean, they say him in my top 10 list, such a, uh, you know, not as a, as a not as a, a defensive guy myself. You know, more of an offense. 
But watching him play was just, just, just a joy to watch him play. Yeah, really he, he could just because obviously playing defensive tackle, it just you know cause issues for the centre and the guards constantly. I mean, you, you could find that the tackles were having to come in, come more onto the inside just to give the guard centre a little bit of help sometimes, just because he were breaking through. But yeah, it just seemed like a tremendous, tremendous player. I mean, if he'd have been on our team, I'd probably love him even more. <laughs> okay, um, going is that you done for Mr. Sa? It is. Lovely, right? Going from one uh, Hall of Fame defensive tackle to another, I've gone with John Mandel, the former Vikings, uh, well, Vikings Seahawks defensive tackle. Um, crazy, trash talking, wisecracking, and over the top face paint. These are things that a lot of people associate with John Mandel. That was all part of his game. But it was the uh, it was an all means to an end. Uh, it was only it was only the psychological side of his game. I mean, you can see his, where his mental resilience came from. He was undrafted. Uh, refused to entertain the idea of playing linebacker because then was he, was his brother playing? His brother played linebacker at Tampa Bay. I think. Yeah, they, they, they got him there for a trial and they went yeah. and played t- linebacker there. But he was having none of that. Um, he did everything he could to sort of get on a team as a defensive tackle. Um, he was too small and underweight, and, uh, and so, so he wrapped a chain around his waist. Yeah, one of those big industrial chains on there. He got it from a hardware shop. Yeah, didn't yeah, he? yeah. He added on like ten pound chain, I think. It was and, and just to make the uh, the, make the the target where the Vikings had set for him to, to and the rest, as I say, is history. Um, aside from that stuff, um, big motor never took a playoff, ball and all tackler. Um, he was he was an effort playoff guy as well. He, uh, he had eight straight seasons with ten or more sacks. A sack leader a couple of times, wasn't he? Yeah. It? Uh, I mean, this streak started as I started watching the game, so it's probably one of the reasons. He's, he's probably one of the, the reasons I became a Vikings fan. Um, and over a fourteen-year career, seven Pro Bowls, six times All-Pro, nineteen um, nineties All-Decade team, uh, ended up in the Hall of Fame. He retired fifth overall all-time in sacks for a defensive tackle that's tremendous yeah and in uh, it's he, he was sort of one of the the first because i mean before it was like all the ends were getting the tackles linebackers getting the, getting the different getting the sack sorry uh he was one of the first probably one of these sort of hybrid d tackles you see yeah, now he was yeah, like, you see your Arnold, aaron donalds and your damick and susan your uh, chris jones for the kansas city chiefs who were breaking through the line getting a lot of tack, a lot of sacks and that wasn't happening back then absolutely i mean, I mean when, it, like I said, when he was saying he was fifth overall with he had 137 and a half ta- uh, sacks, which is tremendous for anyone. And that's that's just under 10 a year. It's just ridiculous. Uh, and in and 16 years on, I mean, he's retired 16 years now, and he's still ninth overall. That's amazing. Just to say how just how difficult it is to 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 get that sort of number of sacks. He's still top 10 overall sack leader. It's just just ridiculous. Um, and my favourite moment uh, of his, I mean, because like I mentioned before, you know. He's, Everyone thought it was crazy, and the other he was. The other were playing. I think it was the Broncos or the. Oh no, it was the 49ers. He was playing the 49ers. He was against JJ Stokely and asked him he was cousin with JJ Walker. He was one hell of a player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I were going to pick Randall, but obviously Matt's been in the game much longer. He's watched him live dozens more times. So basically, I would just go in a full tape when I used to watch him. But with him being a, a Viking, one of the greatest Vikings of all time, I absolutely loved him. You watch him play, his speed and his... his I mean, he wasn't as strong as some of them because he was quite small. Mm. But his speed and his technique were great. He's, he had a, a, a few moves in his locker, he'd break through the lines, he'd get to the quarterback. Brett Favre absolutely hated him. I've seen a, a couple of things, like a couple of adverts where they're talking to each other. And um, <laughs> Brett Favre, you could see like the respect just emanating from him. But another thing, another nugget that I really enjoyed, Trent Dilford, who was that got quite an even keel, he was quite a friendly guy. He would uh, call back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
And because of how John was, he thought that he was trying to hurt him, like to physically hurt him. So he attacked John Randall, and John Randall were on the floor laughing, <laughs> laughing for, like, <laughs> and at uh, Trent Dilfer trying to attack him, absolutely in hysterics. But Trent Dilfer was so angry about how much he'd been wound up that he thought he could take on John Randall in the fight. And John Randall literally just laughed on the floor, and Trent Dilfer got ejected. Tremendous. I think one of the uh, one of the things he set when he was when he was on the Vikings as an established player, after, and it took him a couple of seasons to get as a starter. Um, he insisted that every tackle or the tackle dummy that he was using had, had a number four shirt on it. No matter yeah. who they were playing, every week the number four shirt for Brett Favre yeah. was on the tackle dummy. And there were there were an advert where they put a number four on a chicken. On a chicken, 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 chicken around chicken. like Rocky, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. He was he was a brilliant player. I love watching him play. I mean. Even now, he sort of he keeps cropping up, sort of like little bits and pieces, doing like Viking media and pub and PR. Um, yeah, great, 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 absolutely great guy, great player. I mean, there's not a ridiculous amount of undrafted players in Hall of Fame, but I can't think of many that deserve it more. No, no, you're right. Lump in the throat. Oof, good lad. <laughs> right, uh, that's me done for John Randall. Anything else you want to add to that? No, no, I enjoyed that. Oh, okay, mate, you can pop on with your next one. Yeah, my next one is Daniel Hunter. Obviously, as I've mentioned before. Um, I couldn't find many retired players so I just found a person who's probably my favourite player on the Vikings if not he's in the top two well he is definitely in the top two <laughs> he was under- underrated in the draft a lot of people didn't think much for him they thought he was just a decent run defender but he's coming to Zimmer's defence and he's come a long way his, his athleticism has really helped him but as we watched him year on year he's got better and better this season he had his highest sack total was 14 and a half he had his first Pro Bowl which is tremendous for him, I'm so happy for him. 72 tackles, that's the most tackles he's ever made. He's really high effort, he's really, really young, and like you watch him, he's got, he just seems to be able to like cause issues for any tackle in the league. He just, he's just a tremendous player, and then if you watch him in interviews and stuff, he's, he's so humble and he's all about the team and all about hard work. He took a deal that he didn't really have to take. If he could have had this season he's just had, and got paid way more at another team, but his team first, which is something you really got to appreciate. And I think you'll find with a couple of the players on here that that's something that I really appreciate. Um, another side note for you all is my son's name is Hunter, <laughs> and that may have a slight, a slight link to Daniel. Um, in England, he, his name spelt Daniel, so I couldn't really push that with <laughs> Mrs. But the Hunter part went pretty well. But yeah, absolutely love the guy. I'm hoping he's going to be a Viking for life. I'm hoping he can push on. He's, he's still really, really young. I think he's only like 23. He's a really young player. He's got a massively high ceiling and hopefully he can stay healthy and keep going. And I think sometimes you just appreciate that a guy's humble. I mean, his play on the, on the field shows exactly who he is and it speaks for itself. But as I said, he's just he just seems like a great guy and a decent person. Yeah, no, as, as a Vikings fan, for, for such a long time, we have been blessed with some fantastic defensive line players. Just, just I mean... Taking out everything else, some fast, fantastic defensive line play has been just, um, just now. Even just yeah. now, you can look at our defensive line, and we've like the three people who were stalwarts there: Everson Griffin. Obviously, we know he's had his personal issues. Other than that, been a tremendous, you know, personality, tremendous person, tremendous player. Limbal Joseph, he yep. came from the Giants, come in, he's killing it. He absolutely seems like a great team guy. And again, Daniel Hunter. That's three guys out of that line, and it was just characters through the roof their abilities through the roof they're just great people great players yeah I've, I've got nothing much to add to that like I say he's a, a fantastic young player he's gonna hopefully gonna be Viking like you say for the majority well if not for the, for the, the entire career for the majority of it um, 
yeah, we get a lot of success underneath him because, or with him because, yeah, it seems to be we've got a lot of time. people around him, don't they? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them guys. Okay. Um, yeah, all done now. Isn't it? Done? Okay. Done. Cool. Moving on to my my third player uh, that I picked for my top five defensive guys. I've gone with a little known uh, cornerback called Deion Sanders. Prime time. Prime time, baby. Yeah, uh, showman on and off the field, fast, athletic, and elusive. Um, when he played for Atlanta, he kept Jerry Rice uh, thought of the of the San Francisco 49ers quiet. So the 49ers were like, we'll have him. They traded for him and won a Super Bowl. Uh, Jerry Jones liked Super Bowl rings. They managed to keep he kind of managed to keep Michael Irvin quiet when he was with the 49ers. So they traded for him and won another Super Bowl. Um, he could keep each team's best wide receiver quiet and did so for the majority of, it of the 1990s, which is just phenomenal. Um, where are we? Yeah, excellent positional play, uh, scooped up fumbles, caught deflected passes, um, his speed worked both ways as well. He could, he could stick to his receiver like they were Siamese twins uh, and return the ball if he made a pick or, or a fumble recovery, made the opposition look like they were statues. Uh, 13 seasons in the league, uh, two Super Bowls, eight Pro Bowls, uh, eight times All Pro, 1994 Defensive Player of the Year, 1990s All Decade Team, Hall of Famer, and above all that, when Prime Time was on the field, the anticipation of him doing something extraordinary kept you glued to the screen. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think he had, a, he had a break of like four seasons. He finished up with the uh, Redskins, did a season with them, had a break of three seasons, went and played baseball. I think, I think he did not, he played baseball for sort of like seven seasons on chop. In the off season of football, yeah, he did. He had a free season break, and then he went back and played for the Baltimore Ravens in two thousand and four, just because he fancied it. <laughs> Shows how much ability you have when you can do that. Yeah, and he'd not missed, hardly missed the state. Didn't play as much, but when he when he was playing, it was like, has he, he had just had three years off or not? You couldn't you couldn't tell. But I mean, he's, he's such a a personality is now within within the NFL um, media media. Yeah, like he's twenty first and prime. All this, you can, you know, he's, he's on every every Sunday, giving his, 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 you know, he calls them up in the locker room, doesn't he, and gives them, you know, yeah. if they, if they if they ball, they get the call as it goes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's just finding ways again, keeping him in, in the game and keeping him, you know, bigging up the players. He, and he's a he's a massive Mike Zimmer fan as well, isn't he? Well, I mean, he coached him for a couple of years at, in Dallas. the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they've got a, they've got a special special connection as well. He rang it's him up nice up. to see. Yeah. You know, it's nice when when like I think the Vikings had, had, had put a whooping on someone defensively, and he rang up Zimmer and uh, yeah, we're telling them how great he'd done. Um, he's, I've seen him call up Darwin Cook. I've seen him call up Xavier Rhodes. Seen him call up Daniel Hunter. That's the first time I saw Daniel Hunter in an interview, and you could tell that was where they were all team first. But yeah. like you say, Dion Sanders is completely opposite. He's all Dion, yeah. but it worked. But he did yeah. his job. And his stats aren't as amazing as they could have been, but that's no. just no one throwing the ball at him. Absolutely, it's the yeah. new one coming. <laughs> yeah, you might be suicide mission of road to him. It really was. Um, yeah, so cool. That's my uh, my wrap up on on Sanders. You got anything to add? Well, basically, I just follow what you're doing. One of my favourite things used to be when he used to be like, um, he'd be watching it, he'd be watching a game, and you know, I'd be watching highlights of a player, and it, on this prime time show, he's obviously showing the highlights of the player from week. And I think Jamal Charles had made some tremendous plays. And he's like, you know, you've got game when you got two, two first names. names. It's just, it just made me laugh. He just, it was funny, witty, and just you know, full of confidence. And like, like I loved Daniel Hunter for how he is, but I also loved Deion Sanders for how he is. And there's just this massive contrast between some of these players who you just end up liking. I don't think there's anything you can really do about it. You just see what they do on the field and you'll either like them or you won't. I mean, Jalen Rams is probably the closest thing to Deion Sanders now with how he is. And a lot of people don't really appreciate him. As a lot of people probably didn't appreciate Deion Sanders. I'm not as big a fan of Jalen Ramsey as I am of Deion Sanders. 
but I appreciate how good he is and yeah. I think he will eventually be able to I think he'll be that guy who's funny and being able to do stuff as opposed to someone who's just talking trash I think that's one issue that he has whereas Dion went out there talking trash about people all the time he were basically just saying how good he was yeah. whereas Jalen Ramsey he's calling people trash and then he had Blake Bottles as his quarterback and he said he were alright so <laughs> yeah. I suppose if he's, in, line, you? if he's in your locker room you've got to say he's alright really haven't you no I'd, I feel like if you're going to be honest you have to be honest all the time and yeah. I think if you look at um, Warren Sapp with what he said about Keyshawn Johnson he said I don't think it was special no. and I, I appreciated that because he said it and I know that we didn't get on at the time but I feel like he would have said it in was the, it? the no, game but a pro ball one there and he said oh get me on your team we'll, get, we'll win a Super Bowl or we'll win a Super and he was like we got him there and we'll come over OTAs and he didn't turn up yeah it's just yeah mind, 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 mind boggling it really is okay do you want to move on to your uh, your third player mate yeah my third player um is Michael Strahan, uh, one of the retired players who I, who I actually do remember a little bit. I remember watching him at the Super Bowl in 2000, and it were 2008 at the time it took place, but it was 2007 season for the New York Giants against the undefeated um, New England Patriots. And he was part of a defence that were tremendous in that Super Bowl and basically yeah. tremendous in the playoff run at the back end of the year. Um, as a player, he were, he were terrific. He's the like they got the highest sack total for a season out of any player ever with twenty two and a half. Um, just like Warren Sapp, just like Deion Sanders, he were quite funny. You know, on pitch he'd talk a lot of trash. He'd wind people up. He'd get on people's nerves. But along with that, he was, you know, a seven time Pro Bowler. He was a four time First Team All Pro. Were a two time Second Team All Pro. Finished his career with one hundred and forty one and a half sacks in two hundred and sixteen games. It's a really impressive stat. One of the things I noticed most about him was this big gap in his teeth. <laughs> and it, um, some people would be like, oh, it's almost a gap in his teeth. It's something a negative, but it's a bit like a brand for him now. People see it and they think of him. Uh, but like, he, does, he like, does a morning TV show in America now that's not yeah. even to do with football. And it's just because he's got such charisma and he's such a nice person. And, you know, he has a laugh. He just wants to enjoy himself. He's enjoyed his career as a player. He never came across as mean. He came across as competitive. Yeah, Dem took his own so seriously, did he? And I feel like obviously some of the tackles and some of the guards might have disagreed with me saying he's not mean, but um, his career's basically been him going out there, giving his best, and then now it's moved on to him. He's giving his best again, but in a different field. And it's impressive to see someone have that much commitment to doing things because I don't think anyone would have thought that he'd be going and doing, you know daytime television now they probably thought we were going to be an analyst for NFL and he does still talk about NFL he does sometimes you know show up on I think he does a prediction show <laughs> and um, it, it, to be fair he does because I can remember this now it was the 2017 season and everybody were doing the predictions and Terry Bradshaw had got his prediction right for um, pretty much all the season or something and Michael Strahan um, picked the Vikings and Terry Bradshaw had picked the Saints and Strahan I think he'd got every game wrong that he'd picked <laughs> and obviously Bradshaw were ribbing him and making fun of him because it looked like the Saints had won again and the Minnesota Miracle happened and you would think that Michael Strahan was a lifelong Minnesota Vikings <laughs> fan because he was, you should look for the video on YouTube if you can but he's just ecstatic he's jumping up and down he fell in love with uh, Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs that day <laughs> But it, it just, you could just see how much he enjoyed it and how much fun he has. And you see that on TV and you saw it on the field. He's just a fun guy who had a lot of, a lot of charisma and a lot of ability on the he pitch. He led that defence, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Like I said, I only saw him for like 
a couple of seasons on the field and obviously I had to go back and look at stuff but you know I just really enjoyed him and I love watching him talk about about Eli Manning he's <laughs> like he's never up or down he's always just you alright Eli? yeah it was a bad game last week Eli? yeah hey you played great last week Eli? yeah always the same it never changed it was on about the uh, it was the first Wembley game <clears throat> when uh, he was on the sidelines and he went to get he saw the run play opening up I think it was on like the three or four yard line and he saw Eli was starting to run the ball so he went to get a drink of water and he drank his, <laughs> drank his cup yeah, of water and he came back and he looked <laughs> Eli was still running so he had another drink of water, water. <laughs> and he that. was still running he had another yeah. drink of water and he'd scored a touchdown <laughs> <laughs> so funny <laughs> <laughs> I don't own any black shirts. <laughs> the Super Bowl, and like, we're going like it's their funeral, and we're all wearing black. And he was like, "I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have any black shirts. I'm going to wear a white shirt. Oh, that's fine. It's got a bit of bio. It's fine. We'll end with that. <laughs> it's the first time he showed any spine. Like, yeah. I don't know if I can stomp anybody out. <laughs> I'll hear the stomp them out that way. I don't, uh. I don't have a stomp anybody out. Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> No, good, good, good pit on, mate. Yeah, like I say, one of my top ten guys. I... Yeah, it's funny, that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, you, you're done with Mr. Strayon? Yeah, done with Mr. Strayon, yeah. Cool, okay, going from a, a sack machine to another sack machine, I'm going with uh, Jared Allen. The, uh, I don't know, the... Master of the mullet. Yeah, master of the mullet, yeah. He moved around a little bit at the defensive end. He, he did the majority of his work for the Vikings. He was... Uh, started at the Chiefs. Started at the, he got drafted by the Chiefs, and then he was... Super Bowl with the Panthers. Got a Super Bowl with the Panthers in the last season, yeah, but he uh, played for the Bears. I don't remember that. I tried yeah, to block that. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Bless him. And it got bears. Really well for him. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sat machine. Fast, strong, aggressive. Just looping in his ear back, ears back and getting after the quarterback. Uh, but also just as defensive, uh, just as accomplished in the, in the, the run defence. Uh, it was a bit of a goofball off the field. Um, <laughs> some of his, you know, at the, the beginning of the game, they showed the defensive starting lineup, and it was like it, Jared Allen, Culinary College. <laughs> Kevin Williams, whatever you knew, like you know, they all go through university and he'd like say he's clearing college or what, what primary school or elementary school he went to. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I was fortunate enough to have seen him play. Um, actually, you know, in, in the flesh when I went to see watch the uh, the Vikings beat the Steelers at Wembley, rubbing that one uh, Steelers fans. Uh, that was in 2013. Uh, equally fortunate to have seen him uh, wrap up uh, big, the big bell, the big bull Ben Roethlisberger. And give the the crowd the uh, the Saxon rope celebration, which uh, we love. Me and Eddie's a massive fan of that. Uh, <laughs> 2011, he was half a sack off uh, off of um, tying Michael Strahan's season sack record with uh, a 20. Somewhere, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> he got he got 22, and I think in the last game against the Bears, uh, he got he got three and a half sacks. Wow. Yeah. So if it, had, if it had been a force, if he got four sacks, would he been the leader of all time? Well, he'd have tied it up, but it'd have been you know. Oh, I thought yeah, he had twenty. But if he got four sacks, he'd have had twenty-three. Uh, no, 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 he got, no, he got three and a half, which took him to two, oh, which took him to twenty-two. All right, yeah. But if he, oh, three and a half. Yeah, yeah so if he got one extra, yeah. I mean, if he got one extra, then he'd he'd have been on twenty. He'd be wouldn't he? Yeah, I think. So uh, <laughs> oh, I went wrong. Playing that much against Brett Favre, I think when 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 Favre came to the Vikings, he was saying he'd probably have another fifty sacks if I didn't throw the ball away as much. <laughs> because at times he was on Brett Favre, it was not even funny. Um, I think oh. he must have borrowed John Randall's t- uh, d- uh, tackle dummy, Jared Allen, because he loved a bit of Brett Favre. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I really enjoy though? When he came to the Viking, he's like, Silver Facts! Yeah. Silver Facts! <laughs> uh, where are we? Yeah, uh, seven straight seasons of 10 or more sacks, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Um, 
I think he finished his career with 136 sacks, which is as I'm 11th all time on the list. Uh, still in past John Randall. Uh, a lot of Vikings on that list. Yeah, gave Brett Favre the nickname Silver Vox, as we just mentioned. Uh, had an amazing mullet, which we mentioned. Well, I'd just like to mention one more thing as well. Um, one of the things he said, he said in, when it, the cameras panned to the players, and he's like, you got to have a mullet and a Fu Manchu. <laughs> we just can't work with you. He <laughs> said that on sideline, and that stuck with me. It was funny. Uh, yeah, it, I think it'd be absolutely criminal if he's not an all famer yeah, I think he's going to be. I don't think he'll be yeah. first ballot, but I do think he'll be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think if he had that one Super Bowl ring at the beginning, he would have been a first ballot. And it's a shame he wouldn't get his first super, that one Super Bowl ring with the Vikings. But 2009. Yeah, that was a, that was an amazing season. Screw you, Saints. Yeah, bloody Saints. <sighs> Prime, you bloody river with your miss passing interference, you. No head hunting going on. No bounties. <laughs> I don't like bounties that much anymore. Anyway. No coconuts at all. Right, um, you like anything to add to Mr. Mr. Allen? No, I think uh, I have my point there, but I do echo everything you said. You were a tremendous personality and a tremendous player. I feel, I feel like I stole him off you because, like I said, when I when I started watching John Randall was just starting to get going, and as you were, as you started watching him, was Jared all about Allen yeah. Williams. Well, he would it? definitely be. He would definitely have been on my uh, on my list if obviously you wouldn't have picked him. But like I said, I considered Pat and Kevin Williams, but back then I didn't really understand the the play from tackles as much. But the defensive end play quite obviously sort of going on, so yeah. But yeah, cool. Back, do you want to move on to our next move to our next player then? Yep, uh, another homer pick here. Um, Harrison Smith. Personally, think he's the best safety in the league. You know, there's Jamal Adams is very good safety, young safety, but Harrison Smith's been doing the thing now since he's been in NFL. Um, he's a quarterback of the of the defense. He, he pretty much runs everything. He pops up with interceptions. He pops up with sacks, tackles for loss. He just reads the game really well. He's really athletic. He gets he gets to the quarterback quite quick. It's he must terrify some some uh, offensive coordinators and some defenders. Been to four Pro Bowls. He was a first team All Pro in 2017, and last year he was a second team All Pro. On a season where we were told that we'd not had a great season, he was a second team All Pro, which is still really impressive. It, it puts you as like the fourth or the worst fourth best safety in the league. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So. It's not too bad. I think he's. He, I think he's. He's not quite at his ceiling yet. I think he's getting close. I think when he gets a little bit older, he'll be able to read the game even better, which is going to be scary for people. Because he's like he knows. He knows. He's one of those sort of like can see what's going. Know what the callback's going to be for. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, you know I mean? he reads them really, really well. And I think if he had the, a player alongside him, of like Sendejo, were fantastic a couple of seasons ago. But I don't think he's played alongside anyone elite. And at the minute, he's still not with someone elite that played well. But the, no one he's been with has been elite, and I think it'd be a very scary situation if we had a strong safety were elite. Yeah, yeah, they'd be very, very bad for anyone. But he just he makes the defense tick himself and Anthony Barr are like two of the key components of that defense. Obviously, we've got a tremendous line. We've got a tremendous linebacking guy. We Eric Kendricks who's a tackling machine. But I think if I had to pick one player, I'd stay there. It'd be Harrison Smith because there's no one else at safety who you could put in there and think. We'll be all right. If he goes down injured, it's going to be a worry for defence. I know we've got good corners, but he's just quite pivotal. And again, I've seen him in a couple of interviews, and he seemed to have a good sense of humour. We weren't cracking jokes, but you know, he was. He seems like another humble guy. He's another team first guy. Apparently, we were so happy when Anthony Barr came back to the team that he actually cried 
which disappointed me greatly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't know, but he's another team first person and it's another person who's humble, which is quite weird because most players that I thought I liked were not these humble types, but yeah. apparently I've got an affinity for him. <laughs> but yeah, I've not really got much else to add. You know, he's just a tremendous player on pitch. I love watching him play. I love seeing 22 fly around the pitch and get these interceptions, these tackles for loss, you know, just running things. It's just enjoyable. For me. But like when the defence is on, I tend to obviously I look at the line of scrimmage, I look at both the ends, and then I'll have a quick glance at, at Aris and Smith, and then, you know, go from there. That's, that's basically what I do every time scan the line, scan the safety, see what's going on. I mean, he's a, a really intelligent guy, though. Yeah. I mean, like, just you can just. I mean, he went of, to Notre Dame as well, it's a good college academically as well as, you know, for football. You can, you can tell he's always players. ticking, you know, he's always going through, something's always going through his mind. Like, is he, is, did he, is he either learn to or he's learning to fly, fly like a. I've not looked into any of this. Yeah, no, he's, he's a learning two or he has learned to fly sort of um, single-seater, single you know, or like four-seater um, airplanes, which is... Dangerous. Yeah, I'd rather do, do that sort of stuff when he retires, yeah, but yeah. I mean, he's the sort of guy that he, he thirst doesn't... for knowledge, isn't it? He doesn't rest, he's not, yeah, thirst for knowledge, he's not happy with what, you know... When I was trying to find him in an interview, when he was speaking, he says, anyone who's like, oh, I've got it covered, I know everything, they're the worst, they're going to not help the team. He's that person who wants... He says, if you're afraid of making a mistake, that's good, because you're going to work your best to not do it. He says he always tries to learn as much as he can so he doesn't make mistakes. And that's what you want. You want a guy who's so committed to not doing something wrong that eventually they're going to get to a stage where there's not a lot left for him to not do wrong. Yeah. He's going to improve and hopefully he'll be with us for his career. Again, another one. I'd love it. I mean, Kaki Kamal, but it'd be nice to keep a few of them, wouldn't it? I mean, we've kept enough of them for long enough. Yeah. Uh, how many players have we got now on our, let's say, our sign defence? So, Everson Griffin, he's had more than one contract. Dillon was on his second contract. Kendrick's on his second contract. Barr's on his second contract. Smith's already on his second contract, going to get his third contract. Uh, and Xavier Rhodes, he's on his second contract. That's a lot of key players who have been kept around. So, you never know. It's a lot of money. I mean, obviously, we've got Thielen and Diggs on offense who've just gone into their second contracts as well. So all that cash money on Kirk Cousins as well. Yeah. But anyway, we're on about defense here. Number fifteen quarterback in the league, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I, but, to be fair, I agree with it. Yeah. No. That's, uh, yeah, I agree with, with uh, Mr. Sims on that as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, that you we'll talk to, about it after. Yeah. Are you done with uh, Harry Smith? Yeah. I am. Yeah. So, Hitman. Probably. Uh, my uh, my final guy on my top five is a. Uh, Mr. Raymond Lewis, middle linebacker of the Who? Yeah. Uh, plays the entire season with the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Bless him. Um, vision, intelligence, strength, and leadership is what he brought to the team. Uh, on his own, he was a, he was a formidable player. Um, but it was uh, with his words and his actions, he made the Baltimore Ravens defense a force to be reckoned with. For uh, years, it yeah. wasn't just for the short amount of time. It was pretty much all his career on that defense. Yeah, was, it, was it six? I think was it sixteen years. I'm not sure when he came into the league. I know they won the first Super Bowl in year two, like year two thousand, yeah. and then the last Super Bowl in two thousand twelve, which is when he retired. So it were over twelve years, which is a long yeah, he time. Played a hell of a long time to make a defense tick. Uh, was it? Yeah, it struck fear in the opposition. Might have been ninety eight, ninety seven or yeah, ninety eight. I, I think it was. It was either, either fifteen or sixteen years he were in the league. Might be ninety seven or ninety eight. I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, he struck fear into the opposition just by being on the field because uh, his teammates didn't want to let him down. Um, they killed the guy, yeah. allegedly. <laughs> not gutty. Or not, not I don't know. Um, Love don't fit, you didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they gave their all and more on each play for him and he gave exactly the same back to him. Um, he, uh, he, would, he would follow him through the gates well if he asked you to. He's got that, such a way of words and such a... 
an aura about him. It's it's it's, it's hypnotising, isn't it? You would you would run for a brick wall for him. Yeah, I'm yeah. away from him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, two Super Bowl rings, one Super Bowl MVP, which is I mean I, I can't Tremendous. remember that was the league MVP that year as well. Yeah, I can't think. Um, I've talked about it in recent times when there's been a defensive MVP of the Super Bowl. Considering last last season uh, the Super Bowl was what was it 16 points in total, it was still an offensive player that got the MVP, was it not? Um, I think Tom Brady got it. I'm not under. Was it Edelman? Edelman, yeah, yeah. got this year. <laughs> I, can't I was very drunk and I don't remember any of the game. We didn't finish watching the game. We were terrible football fans. Um, Tequila! Yeah, oh God. It doesn't make me happy. Um, <laughs> 13 Pro Bowls in that time, so it must have been... I think it must have been... One bad worry. Yeah, 13 Pro Bowls is ridiculous. I think he was injured for one of the seasons, which is why he won't have gone to it. Yeah. I think he was out for majority... He had a bicep... He did, 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 did his bicep from his muscle or something. It was just... Yeah. Ugh. Uh, he was two times NFL Defensive Player of the Year as well, uh, and then obviously just on just to show that cake, he was the uh, on the NFL's two thousands all de- all decade team as well. So highly regarded um, critically as well as good friends as of Terry Tate as well. Terrible Terry Tate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, you got anything else you want to add about uh, about Mr. Ray Lewis? That's terrifying eyes. They're way too far apart. Yeah, yeah he, he had the kind eyes. of the the. Uh, the Max Singletree eyes, yeah. didn't he? I mean, a lot of players are playing. Yeah, 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 easy. <laughs> Sorry. That'd have been number six on my list. Genius, you Ninja Turtle. Yeah, Ray Lewis, tremendous player. He watched from the pitch. Inspirational. I'll be honest, I do roll my eyes a little bit when I hear him talk. <laughs> you listen to him talk about how he was speaking to Eddie George in the Tennessee Titans game, I think it was a championship game before they got to the Super Bowl, and he's like, it's going to come down to me and you, Eddie. Me or you. And then he's going on about Michael Jackson. That's what he talks. Is it? I know. <laughs> and then when, when, they were, when they were playing against, um, it were when one of the, I think it were Jamal Lewis, I think, and uh, his little boy had passed away. Yeah. And he said that he said to him before the game that he's he were gonna he were gonna get a touchdown, and then he told him we're gonna get another one, and he got yeah, another kick return yeah. touchdown. And it's like you say, you could see this inspired, he inspired other players and. For what he did, I think that the best way to finish your career is just leaving with that Super Bowl, which is what he got. You people like Jerome Bettis, Ray Lewis, Michael Strahan, all these modern greats. Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't think Jerome Bettis would be all the fame, but it's another story for another time. Yeah. But these players have to finish out the career in just a tremendous way, and it's the massive send-off for him. Because when, to my personal opinion, and this is, Matt, you're going to be shocked by this. My personal <laughs> opinion, the greatest defensive team of all time is the 2000 Ravens, which won the Super Bowl. Ray Lewis. Yep, no, I love that. I used to think it was the Bears. 35 Bears, yeah. When you look at what the Ravens did in a much more competitive league with no offence other than a decent running back and a decent, well, a great tight end, but he wasn't at his best then yeah. in uh, Shannon Sharp. You know, that's just amazing to do that with their defence. You look at the points, you know, the sacks, their interceptions, it's just everything's tremendous stat-wise and they don't get the same recognition just because they didn't catch the nation's hearts, they just won games and won a Super Bowl. Because they won it with, with and I'm so happy we didn't get to that Super Bowl, we got beaten in the championship <laughs> game because we would have got tamed. Absolutely creamed by my. Well, we think we had a better offence than... Uh, oh, much better than Giants. Yeah. You wouldn't think with a 41-0 to zero score line that they beat us, though. No. But um, uh, there's a few rumours about that. We'll not, no. get into it. we'll not get into the conspiracies. Allegedly. Um, Have you heard about this rumour? Do you know about it? No. Yeah, I, I play game plan. 
Giants. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which player we were discussing it. Whenever I think it was a safety for us, and he was saying it. He's never seen, might be Antoine Winfield, I can't, I can't remember, but it was, one of the players was saying he's never seen a team beat us that badly. And he he says they just knew what was happening before we did it and they knew what the changes were coming. And it makes sense, doesn't it? But yeah, Ray Lewis, tremendous player, deserved to be in Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I'm surprised his speech isn't still going on now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not have a chat with it, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> a bit like us. <laughs> no, but I think definitely. Deserves everything, you know, all, all the, all the. Deserves <laughs> everything. Well, not everything he gets. The, the plaudits he's given, he's been given the awards. Yeah, tremendous player. From the summer stuff he's done for communities and stuff, you can't knock him. No. But Seventy-four kids, you know that must be. Now he's got time to make them. <laughs> Goodness grief! Oh, oh that, that was it. I was going to say the because um, uh, the, the 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 top of the mountain was uh, you always used to be the eighty-five bears. Oh, well, they're not the eighty-five bears. They're not the eighty-five yeah. bears, and. I think Damashek said it wasn't it. Like, you know, you've got to stop. You, there's got to be a modern equivalent to the, you know, something better than the 85 Bears. I mean, the 85 Bears were an amazing defense. Put that 2000 Ravens. I mean, they. I think man for man would probably be better than the, the 85 Bears. Definitely. Which was it's, it's controversial, but I think a lot yeah, look of people. At stats, you look at what happened on the plays. Bear, yeah. Bears had a better running back and uh, better receivers than probably a better quarterback. Well, definitely a better quarterback. Pardon me, had a better yeah. offensive line, whereas. The Ravens, you know, they just had a, a, a tremendous defense. I'm not knocking the offense that much, but they were like saving. JJ Stokes a pretty decent player. Um, Cordero Ishmael's a decent player. Sean Sharp, obviously, a tremendous player. Back end of his career though, and obviously Lewis were a decent running back. But you would, you won't, he's not an all time. He's not a yep. player who's on an all time list. He is not. Okay, do you want to go with your last guy? Uh, my last guy. Um, you might know him. You might have heard of him. JJ Watt. Another nice guy. Yeah, it's weird, a, isn't it? It's weird how, how these sort of like vicious sort of defensive players off the pitch are kind of like yeah, really nice people. Yeah, it's odd. It's nice in a way because you can some people can turn it on and off. I mean, it's probably for the best that he's not as vicious on the on the field <laughs> as he is in real life. Yeah, it's. I mean, you look at charity work. He didn't raise all that money for Houston. That was ridiculous. No, how much money? The only yeah. issue he's had in his career is he's had a few injuries. But um, on the field is amazing. It, you know, he, if this guy hadn't got all these injuries, he'd be shooing for all of him now. It'd been, it'd be just no one would be looked at it, looked in the same light. Aaron Donald at the minute is what, what JJ Watt was looked at three years ago. That's how everybody looked at him, and I don't think people would be as focused on Aaron Donald if JJ Watt had stayed healthy. I think we'd just all be in awe of what he'd already done. Yeah. Um, you look, he's been a defensive player of the year three times. Tremendous. Yeah. Thank you. Five time, first team all pro, and five pro balls, obviously, all that same year. Now, this stat blows me away. 99 games, 92 sacks. That is unbelievable. It's special, isn't it? It is, it's, it's unbelievable. Talent. Almost a sack a game. There's not many people that can get into that. And that team's not loaded with talent. Obviously, they've got Jadavion Clowney now, but the last couple of years, they've had Jadavion Clowney as ever to be the focus. Like, JJ Watt is. He's always going to be the guy you're looking at. He was carrying an injury for a, a good few games last season. He was still playing at elite level. He's just an absolutely amazing player. You know, it gets after quarterback, stops a run. You know, it's just a beast on the field. But I think you just look at him off the field. And they're just the type of guy he is. He just seems like a nice person who just wants to help people. And I think sometimes in sports, it's nice to have those people like that. But again, I think I just I like a few of the nicer guys who you know out of football, but. 
you know, like I'd have probably picked most of your list if if it would have been your list, if I'm honest. But I've preferred Deion Sanders to any of these. I prefer John Randall <laughs> to any of my players. I do. It's just it's yeah, just how it's. Pick behind the curtain. I did send Eddie my my list and uh, Jared Allen. I prefer yeah. more than all these. He said, so, I could have a bad pick, which is yeah. very, very, very nice of him. <laughs> it's a very generous. Pretty repetitive list of words. It's been <laughs> yeah. like, my number five players, one My number five players, one My number four players, John Randall. My number four players. <laughs> it might have been a different route, but that's exactly, exactly how it is. I prefer John Randall to any of these players. I prefer Deion Sanders to any of these players. I prefer Jared Allen to any of these players. But it doesn't take any from away from who they are. Yeah. You know, they're all tremendous players and tremendous people. And I like all of them, but yeah, that's that's my uh, defensive favorite defensive players. Yeah, I can't give uh, much knockback on that. Like I said, two of your uh, your five are on my my top ten, and like the other guys, I didn't focus on. If yeah. I'd been probably looking at current players as well, they might have got got a look in. I mean, yeah, there were some some good defensive players there, some some Hall of Flame guys, some yeah, and just going on that, that JJ Watts that, which is like I said, mind blowing. He got what ninety sacks in ninety nine games. Some of the guys you mentioned, Strahan, uh, Jared Allen, they got a sack every other game, and would you know? Strahan got two hundred and sixteen games he played, and he got one hundred and forty-one sacks. So that that well, kind of start, you double yeah. you double that, and then obviously, so you, you you're still nowhere near. You yeah. know what I mean? You're nowhere near. You're half that, and it's a hundred and and it's one hundred and eight, and you know, hundred half that's one hundred and eight games, and then that's um, seventy. Yes, seventy and. and Point seven five stacks, which isn't a stat, but you see, seventy sacks in hundred and eight games. Compare that to ninety two in ninety nine. It's unbelievable. It's the comparison, is it? It's just it's just madness. It really <sighs> is. Um, is that us done then? Yeah. Not not forever, unfortunately. Unfortunately, guys, not forever. We're gonna keep going. Gonna keep borrowing you. Uh, but thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, give us a subscribe and tell your friends. If not, this has been the Mark Davis Haircut Tips Podcast. Any questions, or if you're interested in joining our brand new up-and-coming fantasy football league, ooh, contact us at eddieandmattoktc at gmail.com, and we'll see you next time.